Welcome to Disney Planning Insights. This is a replay of our DPI News and Notes show that we do every Tuesday over on Facebook. To see my smiling face, find us on Facebook at DPI Podcast or on YouTube at the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. Now enjoy this episode after a short ad from our friends at Anchor. Disney friends, this is the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. I'm Matt, and today is August the 3rd of 2021, and we have a really, really, really big show because I've actually got two pages of notes this week. Um, and Peter from Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel is going to be on, and we have uh, some news about annual passes, which is a long time coming. So first off, uh, if you're new to the channel, definitely like um, like the DPI page, like the Princesses in the Mouse fa- Facebook page, like the DPI YouTube page, the Disney Planning Insights podcast. Um, like all those pages. You won't be sad. And then check out our website, uh, patmdisneytravel.wixsite.com, uh, and you'll see some cool stuff over there. We just released our new Fantasyland Park Detail series today, and the ride video released today over on the YouTube channel was Smuggler's Run. So, um, Coach Salvadori is over there getting bored um, in his uh, VIP passes, so let's go ahead and bring him on. He is with Princesses of the Mouse Disney Travel.
Peter, how we doing tonight, bud? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I am doing well. We have a lot of news. Um, I think I'm going to start somewhere else, not with the passes. I think I'm going to start somewhere else. And let's start with uh, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, yes. I was going to play a little video today, and then I realized that little video was 18 minutes long, and I felt like that was kind of a waste of time. So if you want to see the video, go on the Disney Parks blog website. It's over on YouTube. It's an 18-minute video that kind of talks to a lot of the Imagineers behind the attraction on what to expect. Um, yeah, you're talking the sneak peek video that Disney released last week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and It's worth a watch if you're interested, for it sure. It is. It is. I mean, if you're a Star Wars fan, this this experience is going to be like nothing you've ever seen before when it comes to an actual, like, hotel it's like a a murder mystery with a little bit of like carnival atmosphere with a hotel stay with a lot of disney and a lot of star wars signature dining yeah lump that into it the restaurants look really good the lounges look really good you've got these training facilities these you know it i keep likening it with as you get more and more information about this Galactic Star Cruiser, it's legitimately a cruise. It's it's basically a Disney cruise ship, but entirely Star Wars themed and stationary. Yeah, and I think stationary is a very air quotey term there because in all reality the whole thing is moving and it's going to look like you're moving when you move about the hotel, because every view that you're going to have to the exterior of the hotel is a TV screen and you're floating in space. So that's why I said stationary. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, this is going to be crazy. And then you get, so you get, basically you get, it's a two night stay. You get two days on the, 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 the cruise ship, and you get one day in Galaxy's Edge. So, really, really neat concept. Lots of cool things coming out. Lots of, and it's it's interactive from the kids all the way through the adults. So it's it's really going to be something to see, kind of how this whole thing kind of comes together. I mean, even from the time that you hit the parking lot. You're basically in this journey because you take a tram to a launch point. You take a shuttle from the launch point to the Star Cruiser, and then you actually check in <laughs> once you get on the Star Cruiser. So yeah, it's it's going to be really cool. Very much so. I I'm looking forward to it. I'm. You know, we've seen the price tag and all of that stuff, so I'm already starting to try and figure out how do we free up some money here and there and how do we make this happen. And, uh, although I would love to be on one of the first ones, I'm sure those are just going to be booked super quick. But I, I am, as a Star Wars fan, incredibly excited by getting to it. If I don't get to it in the opening of summer 2022, I hope to get to it no later than 2023. 
Yeah, now now the other thing, when you talk about booking it, we finally got some details on when they expect it to be open. Um, and it's going to be open in sometime in spring of 2022. And with that being said, you know, with spring of 2022 being the opening date, it looks like we're probably going to see booking opening up, I would imagine, September, October-ish, um, given kind of how they've run new hotels and that kind of stuff in the past, I would think it would kind of follow that same formula where they, they give themselves about a six month window with those bookings. You, you think that's going to be about right? Yeah. I, I can't imagine, you know, the, the opening date is really the big question, right? Because you say, how many things have they said, Oh, it's going to open spring. And then it ends up being like, boy, you really pushed the boundary of spring, April 21st, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you know, it, they do stuff like that kind of all the time in terms of, or, or, you know, technically spring goes what all the way until June or right. So yeah, yeah. they, they do stuff like that all the time. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I want to, I think booking and the official release date, will basically be a simultaneous thing, right? They're going to finally say, we feel really confident about this date being able to start offering guests to arrive. And so, yeah, I, I think six months makes sense. But when they open it, I'm expecting them to open like a year and a half of reservations, right? Yeah. So yeah. it opens in 2022. We know that. But I fully expect every cruise to, because these are like you, you have to sign up. They're going, it's not like some people are going to come in on this next day. Like it's going to be clumps of people. Everybody checks out. I would expect something like everybody checks out and the next day or two days later, everybody checks in. Yeah. Right. So you say two nights, three days. I would expect there to probably be no more than like two bookings a week yeah. available for it. I, I think that's a pretty reasonable thing to expect. Um, sort of like a, a week stay or a weekend stay, right? So like Tuesday to Thursday is your time or Friday to Sunday is your time. Closed on Mondays for deep cleaning and resetting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Something like that. Um, but I do, I think, when they finally say, yes, we're good to go, basically that day booking will open. Now, I think your speculation of September or October makes a lot of sense. And a lot of times on this show, our speculation is pretty good. So if if I can't book the Star Cruiser for clients by Halloween, I would be surprised. Or if I'm not surprised, I would expect an open date of like June. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, at, at super late in 2022. But I really think the stuff that they're going to open in 2022, they're going to try and do as early in the year as possible. And it's not going to be really spread out. I think you're going to see Tron. I think you're going to see Guardians. And I think you're going to see the, the Star Cruiser all bunched pretty tight together um, with their opening dates. Yeah, I mean, they did the exact same thing for the 50th, you know. We're going to open this, 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 this. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and you got Tron, you got Guardians still sitting in the 
how is Guardians not done? They don't. I think the ride's done. They haven't done all like the the landscaping and all. Yeah, the Yeah, we talked line about outside. that. They haven't made the queue line immersive yeah. and all that other stuff. Yeah, because you, God, you. When did you and I talk about? <laughs> excuse me. When did you and I talk about the ride vehicles being delivered? Yeah, the ride vehicles were delivered October sometime. <clears throat> so that ride's done. They're just not happy with the line. Yeah. So speaking of rides, um, Ratatouille has an opening date of October 1st, and Disney cast members are going to be able to ride that ride here in the next, they're saying, couple of weeks. Um, yep. And I actually that- got a... So just not to interrupt, <clears throat> but as a DVC member, I actually already got an email saying, hey, be on the lookout because we're going to be offering you all reservations into Ratatouille in September. Yeah. And that's what it looked like. It looked like Club 33 DVC um, annual pass holders that were able to renew um, are all going to get first dibs. And then probably some general guests leading up to October 1st. And then you'll see the kind of the grand opening like they always do on September 30th. And then they'll open it up for real on October 1st. I mean, think about what Universal Universal just did with Velocicoaster. They basically had guests that were in the park riding that ride for a month prior to open. So, and it wasn't all annual pass holders and that kind of stuff. So I think, I think you're going to have quite a few people experience that ride before um, October 1st. So I I completely agree with that. Sorry. Also everyone, I keep going on and off screen because of course my daughter has so much to tell me. (laughs) She just, she just had to let me know she was going upstairs. There you go. There you go. Uh, Let's let's move over to some changes in the health um, health statuses down there and over in California, because Disney changed two big things over the last week. The first one was they brought back masks um, for vaccinated and unvaccinated people in all indoor settings. Um, We've talked about masks a lot at both parks. It is what it is. Disney has the right to do what they want. um, And we have the right to complain and not go if we don't want to because of what Disney chooses to do. Um, But if you are going down right now, masks are required indoors and on all transportation. The transportation thing hasn't changed um, since opening. The indoors thing has been kind of fluid. The other thing that they came out and said is that they want their cast members and they're requiring all their cast members to get vaccinated. This At least is the union of, ones. Yeah, but this is this is kind of a touchy one um, because I think now they're starting to get into that. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna push this and push this and push this. Um, they're already having staffing issues as is. That's why they're slow rolling a lot of openings on things. Does this change their staffing levels? based on people's beliefs. I don't know. You'd have to ask those people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you clearly wanted a, a reply from me. I don't have one. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I just... I, I think in a climate where everybody's looking for a reason not to work right now, Disney just gave a lot of people a reason not to work, especially in Florida. I don't think you're going to see much of a problem in California, but in Florida, I think there's going to be a little bit more pushback. So I'm interested to see kind of how that rolls. And, and you know, that kind of trickled downhill because ESPN came out today and said, hey, we're going to do the same thing with all our employees. They are a subsidiary of Disney as a whole. So it's it's kind of it's going to roll downhill. Um, Disney has been in the business of pushing the vaccine for a couple of months now. I mean, really, since they started talking about bringing cruises back, they've really pushed some out front and some kind of in in, in the back and in the shadows push the push the vaccine as being the viable option for them again. I don't work for Disney, so I don't have to make the choice. But a lot of people now do have to make that choice because Disney is forcing them to. Just something interesting that's out there. Um, Moving on, because we tend to dwell on that subject, we're going to get away from it. California Grill. Can't get a reservation after October 2nd right now because they are putting together a 50th anniversary dining experience. California Grill is one of the best places to watch the fireworks at the Magic Kingdom. I'm going to imagine that they're going to put together some dining and fireworks package that's probably pretty cool. Um, It's a really good meal. Uh, California Grill is on top of the contemporary. Uh, And it's, it's a good meal. It's reasonably priced for what you get. And it's got a killer view of the Magic Kingdom. I mean, do you know anything more about that? Have you heard any more about that? No, same same as pretty much everything that you just said is is what I know about that as well. Um, some type of special... It, it seems like it's heading towards a ticketed event that includes a meal instead of like, you know, what I mean here is kind of before COVID, you could... You could like go to Hollywood and Vine and also get a pass for early seating at Fantasmic, right? Priority yeah. seating at Fantasmic. Or or you could go to like Tony's Town Square restaurant and also get a ticket for a limited area for the parade. And I wouldn't call those ticketed events. I would just say like, oh, this is a meal with a perk. Um, it, it seems like this is... I feel California grill will like reopen for lunch, but then every night it'll sort of close for an exclusive sort of like, I went, it's funny, Matt, before you introduced me, I was talking about like, I was, I was like sitting here just kind of going like this, you know, like messing around and uh, some of the stuff hanging behind me. So that lanyard is from when my wife and I did highway in the sky And what we did is we started at the Wave, which is the the downstairs restaurant at the Contemporary. And we had an appetizer. And then we rode the monorail around to the Polynesian. And we had another appetizer and some more drinks. Then we rode around to Grand Floridian. And we had a full sit-down meal at Narcoosie's. Then we rode back around to the Contemporary, went up to the balcony, 
had dessert and cocktails waiting for us and a private viewing area of the fireworks for Magic Kingdom, right? Um, so I imagine something almost like that without the jumping around from stop to stop. I imagine something like a ticketed event. It has a flat cost. You're going to check in at 7 p.m. You're going to have appetizers and hors d'oeuvres waiting for you. Around 7.45, you're going to sit down for your meal, and you're going to either have placed your order ahead of time or place it when you arrive. So at 7.45, you sit down, your meal sitting in front of you, finish at 8.30, and desserts and cocktails are waiting for you to walk out on the balcony and watch the fireworks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's, again, speculation, but based on what I've seen, that would make the most sense, sort of like a dinner party four course meal cocktail hour fireworks experience um, in celebration of the 50th. Yeah. And I think they could do that for a bigger crowd too, because you know, in the past, if you ate at California grill at any point, basically during their dinner time, which was basically from 4 PM on, you could leave and then come back and watch the fireworks from there. Um, if you ate there that night. So it's something that they could do starting with everybody at four o'clock and just say, Hey, at eight 30, we're going to shut down dinner. And then it's a dessert party with a glass of champagne or something. Yeah. Uh, and, and you watch the fireworks from the rooftop. So I, I think there's a lot of ways it can go. It's, it's, it's going to include fireworks. It's going to be really good food because California grill is a really good meal. So I, I think you're looking at a really good experience, and I think you're going to look at a really pricey one, too. I bet you it's going to be close to $100 a person, if not more. Well, if you just kind of look at the price of other experiences that involve, you know, there, there are several other things that involve food and tour and stuff like that. I, I think because this involves a full meal, that's a pretty safe bet. Um. I'm spitballing because it's been four years since Jesse and I went and did that, but I'm pretty sure I, I paid well over $200 for that night. I think I paid closer to maybe three or more yeah. hundred. It might've been like three fifty actually now that I'm sitting here really thinking about numbers. Um, now I don't know if this will be necessarily that high, but you are, you're getting, you know, Matt talked about the food. It, it's not, he said it's good food for the value, but it is a two dining credit location. Yeah, you're and still talking the, about a $60 meal. Right, exactly. That's what I, that's my point that I was getting to. Like, you said it's good food for the value. Like, it is, but it's still like 40, like, I think the cheapest thing on the menu is like 40, 45 bucks. And you can get upwards of, you know, 75, $80 if you order the Wagyu and the lobster. Yeah, food, yeah. You know? Like, there's it's a it's a pretty pricey menu and so if i'm gonna get dinner there plus some type of before and after yeah i think saying a hundred dollars ahead is a very reasonable and maybe even low estimate i was gonna say that might even be conservative on the on the pricing yeah. there yeah. just because i mean when you think about it, you know it's it's a 60 dollars steak dinner yeah. So, you know, if you're talking a $60 steak dinner, plus you're doing a dessert party on top of that, that's going to be another 60 bucks. Yeah. So you're looking minimum probably 120 to 150 there. So, yeah. yeah. So I guess speculation aside, we'll uh, have to wait as more details announced, but 
I would expect details on that any day now because it seems like they basically want to do it maybe the whole year, maybe just select nights. I don't know. We haven't we just haven't seen a lot. We just know that something's coming at California Grill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's the thing. If something something is coming and something is coming in a big way it seems like because they're they're not taking reservations right now, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of what comes of that. Um, last thing before we get to the annual pass discussion. So club level services are coming back to select resorts. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding everybody out until the very end. I usually give you guys like the headline, the first thing, not tonight. You guys got to stick with us tonight. Um, club level coming back to select resorts. So grand Floridian, the Royal Palm Club is going to open on the 16th of September. Boardwalk, the club levels opening on the 23rd. Contemporary on the 26th. Wilderness Lodge and Coronado are, are opening on December 16th. That leaves Beach, Poly, Yacht, and the Sugarloaf Club at Grand Floridian with no open dates. Uh, explain a little bit about what club service is and what club level is. So, yeah... Basically, when you stay at these deluxe resorts, staying at the the deluxe what you waved what? I was waving at Shannon. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were like stop, stop, stop. But no, 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 no. no. I would have went two time. hands with that one. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, if you stay at deluxe resorts, some of the deluxe resorts, Matt just kind of went through the reopening of some of them. Um, have this thing called club level, and what it's going to be is depending on the resort. It's either a specific floor or a specific building area or whatever else. And what you're going to get when you get to that floor. So, for example, um, I actually stayed. Hold on. My pause. (laughs) My dumb light battery died. And so I'm trying to make sure that I'm illuminated enough. (laughs) Yeah, hold on. Good news. This should be the last one. Hey. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, pro broadcaster right there. <laughs> Absolutely. We're just <laughs> we're just winging it with what we got. Fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> All right. Um, so anyway, like for example, yacht club. We stayed at club level. Not that I paid for club level. Once you hear all this other stuff, um, it was during the shutdown. So club level was just the floor. You didn't get any of the services yeah. that I'm going to kind of go through. Uh, so. It's just like the top floor of Yacht Club. The top floor of Yacht Club, uh, I think it's fifth floor, is that club level. And uh, what you have on that club level, once you go into that building or go up to that floor or whatever else, it's going to require your magic band to scan in to verify that you belong there. And uh, you go in and you have basically a concierge is the best word to say. Uh, There's a concierge desk right away as soon as you get into the building or floor. And there's at least one, but a lot of times two cast members sitting there waiting for you in the event that you need anything. So this anything could be calling transportation to take you to a dining reservation at another resort, calling transportation to take you to a park because you don't want to wait on the buses or you know anything along those lines. It could be having them try to find you dining reservations that are maybe not available, but 
they have access to this kind of special line because you're paying for club level prices. Um, it normally involves extra extra fast passes when fast passes are available. You typically get four or even five a day, depending on the bookings that you're doing. And again, a lot of times they can get access to some maybe ones that are a little bit harder to get and, and things like there's There's some extra magic that happens when you get a club level room because exactly as Matt's going right there, a deluxe resort is going to roll on discounted rates. I can hopefully get it for you in like the high threes, normally in the fours. Um, club level is immediately going to jump you with a one in front of those numbers. So, um, yeah, just, it, I mean, it, but beyond that, like I didn't even go, sorry, that was just like the concierge. You're also on that floor going to have a lounge that's open with continental breakfast, snacks throughout the day, non-alcoholic beverages constantly. There's going to be a server in there as well to order you room service so you can have the free stuff while you sit and wait for the room service to come up. So there's a lot more than just simply a couple of magic makers sitting there waiting for you. Um, You've got a lot more benefit as well. So to many people... I'm going, you know, once in a lifetime or money's maybe a little bit less of an object as than some others. Yeah, club levels are really, really awesome experience. So that's coming back. Um, so if you're interested in those things, definitely something that you can add on to your vacations. As Matt said, starting this month and then kind of opening up through the remainder of the year, club levels coming on. I have seen them as I've been in with clients booking and all of that good stuff. So, um, like I said, it, it kind of doubles your room rate. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good estimate because when we did, when we did our big trip to the contemporary, the first one that we thought we were never going to do again, um, we paid for theme park view and it was about seven fifty a night there. Mm-hmm. Um, the floor above us started the club level. So eighth floor and up at the contemporary, I believe is club level. And it immediately jumped up to $1,500 a night um, for the same room, just with the club level amenities. So you're going to have room choices that are club level. Um, So it's, it's something like Peter said, if money's not an option, if it's a once in a lifetime trip, when you start thinking about some of those extras, you know, if you don't have to pay for a breakfast every day, if you have a family of four, you know, most of those days, it's going to save bucks. you one to two hundred dollars for that meal. So plus all the snacks and drinks, you know, yeah. load up the bag, come home at night, not have to worry about going down. You could just go, oh, okay, yeah, we'll go grab some muffins and you know bagels and bananas and whatever else. Exactly, exactly. So there, there are perks. It's all something that you kind of weigh into when you're booking, kind of what's important and and where you want to spend your money. Um, yeah. Coffee, so, yeah. so, newspapers, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and, but what that means is that Disney is getting a lot better with the multi-area touch points, which scares me because that means buffets are probably coming back real soon. And you love Crystal Palace. I don't want Crystal Palace to go back to a buffet. <laughs> don't want Crystal Palace to come back to a bu- go back to a buffet. There's two things right now that I, I, I'll harp on: Crystal Palace going back to the buffet. And the contemporary ruining themselves by the Incredibles theme. It, uh, has that blog posted yet? Which one? 
I don't think so. The few of our favorite things? No, it has not. I didn't think so. It has I, not. I talk about Matt's love of Crystal Palace in the few of our favorite things uh, series of the blog that we're going to start releasing here soon. You know, in, in, a, in a park that has Royal Table and Be Our Guest, that might be the best meal there now. And that's saying a whole hell of a lot. It is saying a lot. But I'm also, a, I'm, I'm a, I'm pretty partial to Skipper Canteen just because of my love of, <laughs> I'm just ruining this blog at this point. <laughs> Shannon just put, Crystal Palace, we know what you're capable of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a part of it. It's also the whole kitchen idea because Crystal Palace is fed by a kitchen that I believe also serves Connie's or Casey's and, um, well, no, it serves Skipper and uh, Diamond Horseshoe. No, that doesn't serve Crystal Palace. Oh, no, 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 you're right, you're right. That one serves Liberty Tree Tavern, Diamond Horseshoe, and Skipper Canteen is all one kitchen. There's a a kitchen Tomorrowland serves with the buffet, so I don't know what's happening now. Um, But Casey's, the Plaza, and um, Crystal Palace are all all taken care of through the Utilidors. And I believe, I believe the main kitchen is in Tomorrowland Terrace, if I'm remembering that tour correctly. Yeah, I, I, I'd love for Crystal Palace to stay just because, I mean, they, they've it, it upped the meal considerably. Um, and it, it goes to show you kind of the difference between meals because I think they could have done the same thing with Hollywood and Vine. But Hollywood and Vine isn't that good. Crystal Palace is. <laughs> so... I just it, it may be just who they have cooking the meals because it's a lot of the same stuff, but not necessarily. I the the chicken's different, but they still have the same like pot roast, chuck roast, ribeye, that kind of thing. And yeah, it's it's completely different. Okay, big big conversation. Disneyland brought back annual passes today. Well, yeah, not yeah. necessarily today. Um, they brought back annual passes beginning on the 25th. So, um, other than being outrageously overpriced for a two park park, um, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So basically what they did is they created a four tier system. If you're outside, outside of Southern California, it's a three-tier system because only South Southern California can get the lowest tier. So they are the keys, the magic key program. So you have the dream key, the believe key, the enchant key. And then if you live in California, you can imagine because you get the imagine key. Um, pricing for the dream key is $1,400 a person. Yep. So you you've had platinum passes before at World. Yep. And they were eleven. When I bought them, but and they've they've gone up to twelve ninety nine. Correct. Yeah. So thirteen. Let's call it thirteen. Yeah. And yep. Disneyland, a two gate park. Yes. Is now charging fourteen hundred dollars for an annual pass. Correct. That's an accurate statement. 
I just D- Disney is absolutely astounding. Oh, and I I forgot about something. We'll we'll talk about something else. But again, uh, that's so the fourteen hundred. That would be for no blackout dates. No blackout dates. Free parking in most of the garages and like highest level of discounts. It's like twenty percent on merchandise and food. Yeah. yeah, and then that's the other thing is you kind of come down those four tiers. Your discounts go from like twenty twenty to like. 10, 10, or I think the 15, lowest 10, is like, 10, 10. Yeah. They like yeah. slide down to 15s and 10s and, and half parking and no parking and, and other stuff like that. So let's go all the way down to the bottom because for $400, if I live in Southern California, I can go to Disneyland on 14 days, non busy days. Yeah. So 14 days out of the year. It is not that low. <laughs> Get out of here! Do you, even, you didn't even open up the calendar. I did. They basically no, they basically took out the world's blackout dates. the The two weeks of Christmas, the week of the late spring break, which is kind of when California takes their spring break. They right. took out a bunch of Saturdays, a bunch of Sundays, yeah, a bunch, quite a bit of summer. Yeah, beginning uh, and end of summer is kind of hit or miss. You you lose most of the summer weekends. Thanksgiving's gone. Yeah. So, I mean, but it it's is pretty comparable to the Silver Pass in Florida is my point. Yeah, it's a locals pass. And the Silver Pass in Florida is I think 600. No, 299. Oh, so okay. Yeah, 299. Oh, yeah, the really yeah, the gold one if you're a Florida resident it's like 600. Yeah, it's that's the 599 one, yep. Yeah. Um so um, the passes go 1399, 949, 649, 399. So there's a big a so, big spread in those passes. Basically, well, a big spread in the benefit too. Yeah, basically, the locals pass and the six forty nine pass are basically the same, except for the dining and the merchandise discounts. So, if anything, the other side news to this is that World announced that they will be reinitiating past sales before the fiftieth. So. Now, I know with confidence that I will be able to turn my tickets into annual passes as I've been dreaming of doing because I already have my spring break hotel booked and Jesse and I want to go for our anniversary again. So for sure, I'm getting them for me and Jesse. But to your point, Matt, I have a pretty strong hunch that when Disney says, hey, the passes are back. You're going to find that the Platinum looks really similar in price. I, to, I, bet, I bet you it's going to be $1,500 or higher. Yeah. Like, I, I think right here with this Disneyland, boy, I think the Disney World annual passes are just, they're going to be pretty similar to that. And like you're saying, kind of maybe add 100 to each. Yeah, I, but w- when you think about that, when you break it down into days at the park, though, if you're going on two five-day trips, so think about people that get two weeks of vacation a year. If you're going on two five-day vacations, you don't That's cover the cost. dollars for the tickets. Yeah, you, well, if you don't cover the cost of the Platinum Pass anymore. Correct. Where you used to get really, really close with, yep. those, with those 10 days, you aren't going to anymore. So I think 
you've got to go, I mean, you've got to be putting 15 to 20 park days in a year for that platinum pass to make sense. Now you do that. Well, I mean, also, well, sometimes, um, but maybe I, we go for, I try to go for like two six day trips, seven day trips. Like I'll go to Saturday to a Saturday. Um, but the more we've talked about this many, many times, you know, the difference between a five day ticket, a four day ticket and a five day ticket is like 20 bucks a person. And the difference between a five day ticket and a six day ticket is like 20 bucks for a family of four. Yeah. You know, like, so you're absolutely right. You, you need to, if I'm a Florida resident and I buy a platinum pass because I go, you know, three days a month because I'll go two weekend days. And so then it makes a lot of sense because I don't want to spend $120 a day on a ticket. Exactly. So I'm going to, I'm going to go my 20 plus days whenever I want and be way money ahead. But you're absolutely right. If, if you're a platinum pass holder and you're not anywhere local to where you're, you know, upwards of like Southern Georgia, Southern South Carolina, you know, those areas where you can kind of still get there in about five hours, get one night a hotel, go for two days and then head home on Sunday, you know, um, go for a weekend type thing. Yeah. It's, it becomes a really tough decision. You basically, like you're saying, you gotta go three times and yeah, you need, you need those three times to be like a uh, six, six, three. Yeah. And now you're money ahead on the tickets. Yeah, it, it just I think I think they're starting to get to that point. And you know, the, they're going to get to that point at some point where they they've priced enough people out that you're going to see prices come back down a little bit. And I'm I think they're starting to get to that point. And if you look what they released at Disneyland Paris today, that was absolute madness this morning. So they they released the Premier Pass today $18 a person to ride Space Ranger Spin. <laughs> 70 freaking dollars for a family of four to ride Space Ranger Spin. And that was one of the lowest priced of the park passes, which is their new fast pass system that they had. That's insane. Yes. Don't, br don't bring that here. Disney... I know you've got some robot watching. Not here. <laughs> some robot watching? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to many, to many degrees, I, I agree with you. Now, what it, what it is phasing out or what, what is happening is you are going to get rid of a lot of the out-of-the-area people that we're taking, like, let's, let's just talk about you and me. We try to take two, yeah. maybe three, you know, kind of save up all of our extra found money for the sake of, of taking our family on these fun vacations. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I got DVC. I, I'm kind of starting to lean down towards one, you know, Maybe two if like something big's coming. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. It just, you know, when we, when we've got our trips planned out, we've usually got two or three planned out in advance. Yeah. And, you know, we started looking at the calendar next year and my wife and I are going at the end of this year. And then, you know, we've got the cruise next year and we're like, do we really want to go back to the parks again next year? Yeah. Like, are you going to add land to your yeah. cruise trip? Or yeah. are we going to, are we going to go back around Thanksgiving or something like that? So the kids can see the stuff around the 50th. Right. You, you know, how, how, how are we going to, how are we going to do that? And does it make sense? I mean, because in all reality, prices are getting to the point where it's hard for us to justify unless I'm flying for free, flying down there and paying the prices on top of, you know, if I'm flying with the kids, usually around $1,200 worth of flights. Yeah, we're converting to driving for the, exactly that reason. I just kind of, okay, yeah, I mean, we can fly, but it's crazy hard to find flights that are reasonably priced. So yeah, you're talking your, your family. I mean, 1200 would be good. Yeah. 1200 would be like, sweet man, you flew spirit frontier or got Southwest on a want to get away. Yeah. But yeah, realistically, if you just go kind of rack price from most, most of the airlines, yeah, you're talking boy. 15 to 2000. Yeah. $2,000. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I guess that's my point to all of this is I, I think you are right. We're going to kind of I, I think Disney's testing the waters almost like, oh, yeah, we can keep oh, like they're playing the cliffhanger, like the the cliffhanger game from Price is Right. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 you don't need to yodel. It's OK. No, it's fun. <laughs> and then uh, like at some point, the attendance. Oh, it's still going. OK. Oh, whatever. Um. So, yeah, like you and I are already talking about, like, okay, well, maybe I can't and don't want to attempt to afford two. Maybe I'll just afford one, or maybe instead of affording two sevens, maybe I'll afford two fours. Or yeah, or do we combine that those two trips into one and take one eight day trip and take advantage right. of the cheaper the cheaper park tickets after right. that fourth day? Yeah, exactly. Or uh, or sit there and go, okay, we're not going to go this year because we're going to go big one next year. Yeah. And we're going to go. So, that yeah. Just, it just really changes my thought process in where we were thinking about, hey, Shannon and I, we usually go twice with the kids and maybe once every other year um, for our anniversary. Now it's like, and we were thinking about annual passes when we did that. Now we're like, it, do, it still doesn't make sense. Even if the prices come out, kind of stagnant, you know, if they're right around that, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred dollar mark, which they won't be, we know they won't be. Not if it, Disneyland comes out with what they do. Yeah, it, it it's it doesn't make sense for us to do that. We're not gonna spend that much in park tickets. Now with all the extras you get being an annual pass holder doesn't make sense. <sighs> there is a little bit to be said about that because you do save twenty percent on dining in most locations. Yeah, and you save twenty percent on merchandise in almost all merchandise locations. Yeah, and so, with the, the the lack of Disney stores locally now, most of our Disney purchases are either made online at the Disney store where we get our annual pass discount, or at the parks. 
and that that is important to consider. But you and I are also really big fans of the dining plan. We are. You know, so I don't save 20% when I buy the dining plan. Exactly. But if I am, again, kind of local and I'm going to go a weekend, a month, every month, I'm going to take one weekend, get a room on Friday night, Saturday night with a pass holder deal. So I'm going to stay at Pop Century for 120 bucks a night and and all of these things and then i'm going to get my dining and everything well then yes absolutely fifteen hundred dollars just 100 percent is made up very very quickly yeah there are a lot of people that this makes sense for but i think once you get out of that regional population it doesn't make a whole lot of sense anymore and you do have to think about that even if you're not regional because the pass holder deals are just as good as the regular deals, if not a little bit better, and the likelihood of securing them is much higher because there's much, you know, there's less people going for them. So, so there is that to be considered as well. Like, okay, well, if I go down there and I save 60 bucks a night on my hotel room, plus I save 20% on my meals, well, the savings within the trip are several hundreds of dollars also in addition to my park ticket savings. So you really, you're right with the increasing prices, people who go often really do need to sit down and think about, is this a cost savings? Because if you're a dining plan getter and you can get a deal regardless, or maybe you even stay off site or at a good neighbor hotel or whatever else, then yeah, there's, there's a very, very uh, real case to your argument there. Yeah, we'll run a, a lot long on this one. Um, there was a lot of stuff. There, there was a ton of stuff. Do you have anything oh, else? That... So I just, this is like a cool shout out to all of our viewers and everybody on Facebook that's liked all the pages and all these people that do this. So I had a client a couple of weeks ago reach out to me and say, hey, I'd love if you plan a vacation for me. So got it through Facebook Messenger, right? I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's do this. Sweet. Yeah, let's talk. We talked. We got the whole vacation planned, all that great stuff. They're going actually pretty soon. uh, They leave next Tuesday. And at the end, I was just like, hey, I saw your address. Did so-and-so refer me? Because I I know I planned a vacation for this person. I had this family connection with them. I know they kind of live in that area. Is this how you found out about me? Did did this previous client who was kind of a family friend let let you know? And um, they said, no, I was trying to plan it myself. I couldn't find dining information. I couldn't find fast pass information. There were all this mask things with COVID. And I just got really overwhelmed. And so I just went on Facebook and typed in Disney travel agent. And they said I was the top hit. Oh, there's my light. I said it would be done. Just oh, sorry. Oh. So I just, before, I guess, uh, before we kind of sign off, because I know you're about to sign off and I'm turning back on my light for the fourth time. Um, So before you sign off, and I know we're about to do this, I just got to give like a shout out to people that are listening to our podcast, that are subscribing to our anchor, that are doing all these different things, because everything that DPI does, Princess and the Mouse ties and tags to And so the activity that's going on there and the liking that's going on there is just 
I mean, that was really impressing me. You know, we've, we've gotten some clients that have come in through our website now, which is super awesome. We have clients who are finding us on Facebook due to the activity of, of viewers like you that are keeping the post active and keeping the post viewed and, and all that stuff. So I just wanted to kind of share that quick, cool story and that quick shout out and, and all that good stuff. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, we, we have been gaining a lot of traction on all of the platforms. So it's, it's awesome to see that kind of our vision that we had a year ago, well, two years ago now is really starting to, starting to pan out to things that are actually tangible and we're, we're helping a lot more people. Um, it's funny. I was, I went to Dollywood over the weekend and just one more quick story before we, we sign off. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm not going to do a Dollywood show. Allie's going to do over on Allie's adventure. She's going to do shows about Dollywood and Pigeon Forge and all those places. So I've got my nice DSLR around my neck. I'm holding my GoPro and this couple is kind of waiting for their kid to get off a ride. And they were talking about how I had my GoPro kind of set up. I had it on a real nice mount with my battery pack on the back of it. So it could just, I could just keep recording and all that kind of stuff. And they came over and they started talking to me and I was telling them, Hey, you know, I'm kind of out of my comfort zone because normally I do this at Disney and they're like, you're kidding me. Right. And I was like, no. And they're like, we're getting ready to plan a Disney trip. We have no clue what's going on down there. So I go into my wallet and hand them two cards and they go, we'll be in touch in a couple of weeks. It was just a family from Nashville. They're getting ready to go to Disney. And I didn't have a shirt on. I didn't have anything. I was just kind of playing with my cameras. And we're going to end up getting a client out of that. So, yeah, yeah, it just really, really cool stuff going on. So, really, really exciting. You know, again, helping people out, helping them with their trips and that kind of stuff. And that's kind of what we are trying to do. This weekend, we're putting in a super mega recording uh, day. So be on the lookout for a ton of stuff coming out in the next few weeks. We may be double and triple videoing uh, on releases coming up here real soon. So be on the lookout for that. And then we're going to have coverage from Boobash. We're going to have coverage from uh, the Very Merry Christmas Party, the Super Spectacular Christmas Colossal Event or whatever they're calling it. Who's covering Boobash? You are. Yeah, I know. Was, yeah. So we're gonna have we're gonna have feet on the ground for both events. So you're gonna get to see a lot of a lot of content and a lot of stuff coming out of that. So just you know, stay tuned. A lot of cool stuff coming out. If you aren't subscribed on the website, get over there. The blogs come out. They're usually four to seven minute reads, which is pretty awesome. Quick reads, lots of information. Get to learn a lot about each area of the park. Right now, we're in the park detail series, and we'll be in that for a few more months um, just because we've got a lot coming out with those. We're still in magic kingdom. So, so yeah. So thank you all for watching. Um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, close us out here. Princesses in the Mouse of Disney Travel was on with us. If you're looking to book a vacation, definitely reach out to him at PATM Disney Travel on Facebook.
over on Twitter at Disney Insights and the YouTube page is the Disney Planning Insights podcast. Um, right now we're focusing on a lot of ride videos, but a lot of more interesting content. this far into the video, the audio podcast. Have a good week and we will see you next Tuesday.